A whole lot of New York covered in this week's news, including a shooting at a hospital on Friday and, of course, uh, the shooting of the officer while sitting in a patrol car early this week as well. Plus, uh, the 1st of July is Bobby Manila Day, which means the Mets pay one man a lot of money who hadn't played baseball in a long time, who won't play baseball for a long time, and get paid for a long time. That's a bit, That needs a little bit of explanation, but that will be explained in the second half because none of those stories made a top ten for this week. So what was in the top ten for This is the Conversation? We will find out shortly from the weekly wrap-up podcast for the week ending July 8th, 2017. Welcome to the weekly wrap-up podcast from ThisIsAConversation.com. My name is Jay Cleveland Payne, and I spend plenty of time all week long curating all the information and all the stories we put through our This Is The Conversation feeds. That means our website, ThisIsAConversation.com, as well as our Twitter feeds, TH underscore conversation, and the Facebook feed with This Is The Conversation. Search for that on Facebook. You'll find us there as well. Now, what do we do with these conversations? Well, what we do is we send out links to various stories across the world uh, to you guys around the world, and you respond to them. You either retweet them, you reply to them, you engage with the stories themselves. That tells us what's going on in the world that's basically the most important to you. We do our best to skirt around the breaking news stories that tend to become breaking news uh, for an extended period of time after they've passed breaking, so that there's a story that may not be covered in the mainstream news at the moment, but may need some coverage and may be talked about online and within your community. And some stories we do honestly just kind of pluck out of nowhere that look kind of weird, and we want to get your opinion on those as well. We also want your opinions on what we have called the Conversation Survey Panel. And we'll talk about more of that later on, but that's going to be a way to get you paid for your opinions by getting you into some paid surveys. We'll talk about more on that in a bit. Right now, the quick explanation of the weekly wrap-up podcast is the first 10 of the 10 stories in reverse order, Dave Letterman style, if you will, that we talked about. They got the most response all week long. The top one will not surprise you, but it probably may make you rethink some of your priorities out there. After that, we'll go into the and thens. Uh, about 20 or so of the biggest stories across the week. We had about 57 stories that we went through in this week worth of Twitter and Facebook and website stuff. Of course, a holiday and a slowish news day for the weekend to get things in for the states. But we did our best to make sure everything goes through. We'll try to get this thing wrapped up and taken care of in not too much time and keep you entertained and enlightened and informed all in one podcast. If you have any information that you want to get to us, you want to comment on these things, send me an email. Just send it to info at jclevenpain.net. We'll set up a real conversation email very soon, and we'll get that information, that feedback, as quickly as we can from you. Now, let's quickly get into the real deal, and that is the top 10 stories from the conversation for this week. Starting off with number 10, with a photo, a lost photo, a never-before-seen photo that uh, suggests that maybe Amelia Earhart survived the plane crash or survived something of an ordeal. Now, uh, the museum archives, the National Archives, have released some photos that shows some pictures have people that look very familiar, a lot like Amelia Earhart and her, her navigator, and they look alive and well somewhere in the Marshall Islands. What is suspected from the pictures, what people are being led to believe is her plane crashed, her plane went down somewhere, and then she was captured by the Japanese and essentially rode out her time in some sort of captivity, in some sort of 
camp or some sort of hideaway place. Uh, she didn't die so much from the crash, died of old age somewhere. At least this was a transition place from where she was. Uh, we don't know exactly what happened. We'll probably never know exactly what happened. But this does explain that if the plane was off course and this far off course, she could have been picked up by Japanese agents at the time and then just kept under wraps forever. Why they wouldn't want to parade her around as some sort of trophy, maybe they did inside of the Japanese borders, maybe not. We will probably never really know. Our number nine story is Venus Williams and her car crash. Now, we came to a resolution to the car crash. She was found to be in fault in the crash where she was essentially took over the right away when she didn't have it and was T-boned in a uh, car accident. She came out okay. The people in the other car who were elderly uh, did not come out okay. Uh, the woman who was driving and the man who was also in the car, the man who was in his late 70s, ended up dying from his injuries later on in a few weeks down the line. She was found at fault for essentially having a car in the, middle, in the median and middle of the road when it should have been there and causing the accident. Now the plus on this something that happened later on in the in 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 the tri- in the thoughts process on this story more developments I should say uh, Venus Williams is actually having it halted having the investigation halted on what exactly happened and part of it is because she's in the middle of a tennis match right now U.S. Open's going on and part of it is because she has the power to slow it down until she can deal with it. Uh, she was asked a lot of really poignant questions at the beginning of the U.S. Open, uh, the first time she's playing any major event since the verdict came down in this thing, and it's obvious that it's taking a toll on her emotionally and kind of getting into her head. So she's trying to stop at least the investigation part. People can keep asking her questions, but at least stop the actual active work on how this thing's going down in a civil suit that's going on against Venus Williams. No criminal Intent's going to be found, but a civil suit essentially being put together. Number eight story is one that really blew up over the weekend. New Jersey government was shut down for the holiday. That was be the weekend holiday for July the 4th, even though the 4th wasn't until Tuesday. But the deadline for getting a budget in for New Jersey was the 30th of, of June uh, because the, the compromise to make the real budget work out didn't work out. Chris Christie, the governor of New Jersey, decided he was going to shut down the government, which meant anything non-essential wasn't going to work, which meant, of course, beaches and recreational places for the holiday weekend. People being off for the weekend would not have a chance to hang out on the beach in New Jersey. Here's the kicker. Chris Christie has a residence, or the governor has a residence, that's on one of the biggest beaches there in New Jersey, one of the most popular beaches in New Jersey. It's, it's right there on the beach, and it's there for purpose because the people running the beach can also run the grounds for the, the, the mansion, for the compound. I keep calling it a compound, but for the, the residence. Chris Christie and his family went to the residence on the beach and were spotted hanging out on the public beach that was closed to everyone in New Jersey but the governor. And he got some flack for it. Uh, he first started saying, you know, hey, I'm governor, I can do this. And then he sort of backed away from it. By late Monday, a deal was made to get a budget going so that for Tuesday, residents that still had the day off for the actual holiday could hang out on the beach, even Chris Christie. Of course, Chris Christie became a joke and a meme in the process, but uh, things did eventually get done, even if it does mean tarnishing his image. His approval ratings in New Jersey are down, uh, way, way down. So whether he decides to run again or go to a higher office or goes back into, or I don't think he's ever in private business because he was a federal prosecutor before he went into uh, the government in New Jersey, uh, we will see what his ratings right now, what people think of him at the moment, means for his future in Jersey or wherever. 
Now, our number seven story, we'll take this one pretty quickly. The U.S. Uh, refugee, refugee cap has been hit, the one that was met by Donald Trump. Now, President Obama had a cap, a basically a limit for refugees, at about 85000 a year. So that's how many refugees we take in from various places, not just from uh, the Middle East and the crisis. That's that's the big thing is the ISIL uh, refugees, ISIL uh, exodus there in the Syrian region and places like that. These were refugees from all over the nations with all sorts of issues. Donald Trump lowered that limit to 50,000. And within six months of him being president, actually around five months, we've hit that limit. A lot of the problem comes from a lot of things that President Obama promised on his way out the door. That was opening up the, door, the borders to extra uh, refugees, extra people coming in because of various situations. One example was the extra people coming in from Australia as they're essentially shifting the burden and shifting the people around that are gathering in places nearer to the issues and sort of spreading the wealth, if you will. Europe taking a lot of refugees because people are flood, flooding directly from uh, the region of the Middle East to Europe, and so they have a lot of them showing up there, and then from there they're kind of displacing them around Europe and then around the world in some places just so they can you know, not be a, a major burden to one central place. Trump lowered the number of refugees we take in, and of course we hit that because of the extra ones we were pulling in. That number is not exactly rigid, so it can be flexible, and we can take in more than 50,000 refugees, whether Donald Trump chooses to take a larger amount, though, is, of course, on him. A quick story out of Los Angeles on the five on the 405 freeway on a Friday. A uh, small plane crashed near the John Wayne Airport right there in the middle of the freeway. Now, the amazing thing is the only people hurt and minor damages, if you will, were the two people in the plane. No cars were injured or damaged in the process. Uh, the plane uh, essentially missed uh, hitting the uh, making the runway at John Wayne Airport and uh, caused some traffic issues for a while, which you would expect more traffic issues for the Los Angeles. But uh, everyone was fine. The people in the plane were taken to the hospital and checked over. They had no major injuries uh, other than, you know, having to deal with a large plane that's now was then in the in the way of all of the cars in L.A. Uh, but a, a serious incident, incident, not so serious. It, they survived the whole ordeal, and no one was seriously hurt in that ordeal. Now, this one is my most favorite story of the week. Uh, and it is Tupac uh, admitting that he broke up with Madonna uh, because it was a race relations thing. And the odd thing is, Tupac hasn't come back from the dead. He didn't put out a new album. He didn't see that Jay Z got a big deal, so he put out an album this week talking about Madonna. He actually said these words many, many years ago uh, before his death and um, confirmed the rumor that Madonna started, so it wasn't a rumor she started, it was an actual fact. Madonna stated that she actually dated Tupac um, about a, a year or so before he died, and she she talked about that extensively early on, just kind of in her relationship stuff. They apparently had some sort of thing going on, and apparently they had a fairly um, serious thing going on, a fairly bit of commitment to, to the two of them, uh, themselves. They actually dated uh, for a time, weirdly enough, weirdly enough to actually believe that. But we know that this happened. We get this uh, apology from a letter that Tupac wrote back in um, 95 uh, when he was uh, in prison for for a bunch of things. He was, of course, in jail, then got out of jail for a little while to go back on tour and go back into the scene, only to be killed uh, months after being let out with the whole incident that went on with that. 
that while in jail, he wrote a letter to Madonna uh, apologizing to Madonna for you know just not being able to date her or continue their relationship because he was a black gangster rapper from L.A. and she was, well, she was from L.A., but she was just this blonde, white, all-America, all-world weird chick. And essentially, he couldn't get down with her race getting in the way of his image. It just didn't fit the right thing, which if you would follow Tupac, uh, you might ag- uh, agree with his statement. Now, he came to terms with that and said, you know, we could have had a, a better relationship, a grand relationship. We could have did b- grand things. Think about the collaborations between Madonna and Tupac. I mean, seriously, think about that. But he couldn't get down with her being white in their relationship, so he could not continue it as a real solid relationship we get that from a letter that that's being auctioned or had been auctioned off by now uh for people who collect these things the number four story for this week right here out of little rock when we initially posted it was 17 people shot in a nightclub it turned to 25 to 28 people shot in a nightclub some people more serious than others no lives have been lost in this shooting uh that we know of but about a week ago i would say as i'm recording this on friday afternoon uh, Friday night, Saturday morning, 2 a.m. or so in the morning, a shootout in a place called Power Ultra Lounge in downtown Little Rock, a nightclub uh, that was hosting a rapper by the name of Finesse Two Times. And I've joked about this all week long. If you flip his logo, it does look like Anytime Fitness. So he's not even that clever of a guy with a, with a rap name. So Finesse Two Times and his posse were on stage at 2 in the morning on in Little Rock. Something went down where shots were fired. Lots of shots were fired. Uh, And 17 people initially counted, then down to 20 people uh, going to the hospital for injuries. Some of them very serious. Some people are still in critical condition and are paralyzed. But like we said, no lives have been lost. At least as uh, I've been recording this, nothing local has been reported of any lives lost. This has been a big story all week long here in Little Rock. Now, to make the story even more complicated, Finesse two times was um, released that day or that evening, that morning, you should say, uh, to, to head on out. No one was re- re- arrested initially for the case, and a lot of people were left scratching their heads for a couple of days of the weekend wondering how 17 people, now 28 people, ended up in one little space. A lot of people shot up, and no one was arrested for that. Where were security? Where were the police at the time? How long? Why did it take so long for things to happen? And all sorts of weirdness happened. Derek McFadden, the um, running back for the Cowboys, who was in town from Little Rock, was in town, went to the scene to go check on some family he knew was at the club. Uh, a couple of local rappers uh, and regional rappers were there at the scene because it's what happens when one guy comes in, you come and see what your competition's like. And uh, so a couple of those guys uh, actually getting shot by another rapper in a beef that wasn't really even a beef, it seemed like. And the weirdness of it all is it seems like most of the shots came from the stage because there was no paid security like police security there in the room. But apparently finesse two times his boys on stage or around the stage were packing. So whatever triggered the incident, a lot of shots that were fired came from the front to the back of the club. And like we said, from that finesse two times was not picked up or charged anything. A few days later, he was picked up in charge uh, or picked up in Alabama by federal marshals and brought back to Arkansas for charges of a shooting a week prior in a smaller city at a smaller club where he shot somebody in the parking lot. 
So he was picked up for actually shooting someone two weeks before the shooting happened in Little Rock where he was released. And he probably would not have been picked up because for the other the other incident, which was in Forest City, Arkansas, by the way, if it weren't for the big publicity for this one in Little Rock making the national news. Now, Jeff Horn and Manny Pacquiao went a boxing on a Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday-ish time. Uh, it happened down in Brisbane, Australia, so it's the timing is weird on all that stuff. Manny Pacquiao actually losing a belt, the WBO welterweight title, to Jeff Horn, who is a native of Australia and apparently a Brisbane native as well. He's basically the hometown boy in all senses of the word. The problem is that most people watching the fight believe that Manny Pacquiao outbox Jeff Horn and that's a problem if you're a fan of the fight game and not an Australian cheering on for the young guy now uh, there's a 10-year age difference on this guy and Pacquiao of course uh, in in AC in his 40s and Jeff Horn reaching right at late 20 late 20s early 30s so there's a 10-year difference and so there's probably some fight game issues there as well but Pacquiao by many people's accounts, including some of the boxing experts and the people live doing the commentary on television on play, pay-per-view, believe that Pacquiao outbox, outman, had better landings and better uh, technique than Jeff Horn in the actual process, although all three judges scored, although it was pretty close, for Jeff Horn. So controversial, yes, but the title, the belt for WBO welterweight title is in the hands of Brisbane's own Jeff Horn. The number two story of the week uh, had a lot of response. This one uh, had a response that was about uh, 200% more than the last one on Jeff Horn and Manny Pacquiao. This is the judge that ruled in Florida stand your ground law. The ground law as it stands now, the new law, is stated as unconstitutional. Now, this law would not have done anything to help the trial that made stand your ground essentially famous and in Florida famous, of course, the Trayvon Martin trial. But... Were the after that trial, there were plenty of issues on how things went down and who was to blame and the burden that they had to fall onto in the prosecution to make something happen. The law was rewritten so that the burden of proof, burden of innocence essentially, didn't land on the person who was attacking, but on the person doing the firing, the person who was standing their ground and was using deadly force to uh, protect themselves had to prove they really needed to use deadly force that it really was something they were being attacked they were being provoked they did not cause any issue to start the rumble if you will and the, the shooting the killing the whatever is the fault of the person who was attacking and the person who was being attacked has no and could do absolutely nothing but do what they could to stand their ground and save their lives now that part was deemed unconstitutional so that law was put in effect pretty quickly after the Trayvon Martin trial, at least a rewrite was, to kind of fight the way it was going and rewrite the law so that it made more sense and be more fair and just. And we have less George Zimmerman kind of types of actions out there where people essentially get away with murder and then go on to kind of live really crazy, really stupid lives because they've already gotten away with murder. So the standing ground law as it stands, the new law, unconstitutional. The old law was fine until it was tested and people saw what was wrong with it. Now the fix to the law apparently needs to be fixed. And the number one story, uh, which was only about um, about 
30 40% more than the Stand Your Ground Law uh, story. That one was amazing in the jump we had from number three to number two. But number one didn't have to be that much bigger to be the biggest story we've had since we started tracking this thing. It wasn't by much. We had a few stories that were uh, maybe slightly down, maybe 10 to 20% less than this one story compared head-to-head. But uh, just by sheer force and will and the fact that it was a late-in-the-week story that went so big, so bad, so crazy, so fast, it was amazing. Actually, it's not that amazing, but it may make you want to rethink your actual priorities in life. Rob Kardashian and Black China. Yes, uh, the uh, the social media storm uh, <laughs> that became a Rob Kardashian uh, trying to get back at his, his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, whatever girlfriend. Here's how we think it started, or here's how the beef kind of went down. Uh, Rob Kardashian, uh, of course, one of the Kardashians slash Ken Jenner Jenner class, whatever they people are, uh, uh, essentially famous for being uh, related to some people that are famous for having sex takes that are famous for getting OJ off of. um, Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Rob Kardashian is this dude. He's rich. He's on social media. People care for some reason. He's dating a rapper named Black China. She's good looking. She's uh, volatile. She's sexy. She's a bit X-rated. All that great stuff. Uh, Rob Kardashian sent some um, money to Miss Black China to get some work done. We will say to do some things, uh, lose a little bit of weight in some places. And Black China uh, turned the favor by putting up a picture uh, of Black China and some other dude in the bed that she and Rob Kardashian share in their crib. Rob Kardashian not so happy about that. Starts tweeting back revenge stuff, including some some stuff that's basically revenge porn, uh, which gets his Instagram account uh, shut down completely. And in the meantime, he moves over to Twitter and starts continuing the whole beef there. Now, the most amazing thing about this for the whole shebang, other than the fact that so many people cared about this thing, was it brought out celebrities and friends and fans of the two and just all sorts of just commentary on what was ridiculous. But the most awesome line of the day came from Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, who I think is Black China's uh, godfather or something like that. I think he really is her, her, her godfather. Uh, knows her from the scene, knows her from the music business, and knows her in the business, as, at least. Uh, came out with a quick video. I think I don't know if someone else shot it or if it was on his own social media, but I've seen bits and pieces of it. And it basically came down to this quote that I put on my personal page, which was... Um, Essentially, Black China, you know, is what she is and did what she did. She, you know, she, she saw somebody she could play and she played him. She, that's how that's that's how her songs go. That's how the life she lives goes. That's who she is. And a quote come down to a line that is essentially a PSA for those who've been played a few times. It's just that suckers will be suckers, and their job is to try not to be licked. There you go. If that's not wise, sage wisdom from a man of many years who knows the way, I don't know what is. Yoda, this guy may be the next big thing. And those were the top 10 stories that we went through over the week via This is the Conversation from last Friday to the beginning of this Friday. And we'll have, of course, a full list of other stories that didn't quite make it because we had. 57, 58, 59 or so different stories going through the week. So we'll go through about 15 to 20 of them that didn't quite make this list, but we think are still pretty impactful. We'll do that in just a moment. 
Very early in the process of doing this podcast and getting sponsors into the podcast, we brought up Cloud9 Living. Cloud9 Living is a great service, a great place to get your vacations and your travel packages that are quote-unquote bucket list packages. Now, if there's something amazing, some amazing experience you want to live out, Cloud9 Living probably has the hookup for you. I've already talked about the fact that I'm taking my wife to Texas to drive a race car, or at least to sit in a race car while somebody drives it. I'm not quite sure we really want to have her drive in the race car around the track, but something she's always wanted to do is to drive a real race car. So we're going to fix that. We're going to take care of that. And I'm going to be in the hotel so far away from what's going on that it will make me happy. And she'll be in the car. She'll be happy. And we'll both be happy. We can buy that experience and live out the the life and the vacation of our dreams, her getting her dreams and me not having to be there. That's the cool thing about what we have going on with Cloud9 Living. Now, at our website, if you go to thisistheconversation.com slash cloud9, that's cloud and the numeral 9, you can get our link that takes you for a great deal. You can get the get, get the great experience of Cloud9 Living's great packages buying, buying a gift certificate, which means you don't necessarily have to buy the package now. You can buy a certificate and give it to whomever you want to, and they can get whatever experience they want to. And like I said... You don't have to be anywhere nearby. So if it's something crazy, they can do it on their own, and you can both be happy. Well, if it's something great, they can do it and take you along, and you can both be happy. They have hot air balloon rides. They have various excursions. They have dream vacations, and they have various dangerous stuff like driving race cars. If you're into dangerous stuff, or if someone else you know is into dangerous stuff, and you don't want to be anywhere near the other, you can buy them a gift certificate and get 10% off that certificate by going to our site to go to this is the conversation.com slash cloud nine. That's cloud and numeral nine and get in on this deal for gift certificates. They're good for extended period of time. So you don't have to figure out right away when you're going to go and you don't have to put the money down and be fearful of it later. You can go ahead and kind of maybe get them to mellow out and do something a lot more simpler, like just walk the streets of Paris or maybe they'll want to jump out a hot air balloon. Maybe we'll do something crazier. Either way, you buy the certificate, you give it to them, they figure out when they want to do it, how they want to do it, you decide whether you're going along with them. But the deal is awesome. Get discounts on gift certificates to Cloud9 Living by simply going to thisistheconversation.com slash cloud9, cloud numeral 9. We've wrapped up our top ten for the week. Now the other then, the also then, the also ran. We're gonna we're going to standardize that, that soon, I promise. But these are the stories, no particular order as they're coming down. But these are the stories that did not quite make the top ten in the rankings, but they were pretty high or pretty important. Uh, some didn't have much of a chance because they were later in the day, but. We do know that Rob Kardashian's story went nuts pretty quickly, so sometimes a big story will overtake everything. Uh, we'll start off with this one, a new poll showing that 70% of Americans think that civility has gotten worse since Donald Trump became president. This is one that almost made the top 10. This was the 12th highest story of the weekend, so it was there for a while until pushed down by a couple of heavy hitters later in the week. But there's a poll coming out that says that our Americans really do think things aren't as great as they used to be. But this is not in the general make America great again sense, but essentially in the ability to just get along with general people. People in America believe that people in America aren't so nice to each other anymore. And it's, it's based on perceptions, based on feelings. So the scientificness, scientificness of the actual civility 
is could be questionable, but the way people feel, a bulk of Americans aren't so sure we're being very nice to each other right now. That one has got to be pretty obvious. Also happening this week, we lost uh, a star on YouTube and VH1, Stevie Ryan, of course, uh, going through a battle of depression, essentially, uh, giving up that battle, dying of suicide at the age of 33. She got her start uh, by doing YouTube videos where she did impressions of various stars. That turned into a show on VH1. That was a sense of one of those YouTube stars making it into the bigger region, the bigger world, and bigger things. Of course, the sad news is uh, while going through all this stuff, all this great stuff, there was the backdrop in dealing with some serious depression issues, and apparently she could not handle something and was unable to uh, be reached uh, when this happened, dying uh, by hanging at the beginning of the weekend. The teen birth rate across the United States has hit a record low, and it's been the record low uh, since, of, since the 60s, and it's been trending down for years, essentially for decades. So looking back past years to here, uh, we're looking at a drop of maybe 2 to 3% uh, lower than before, which is, which is massive in the numbers you do counting the actual numbers when you translate to real numbers. Teen birth rates are down. In fact, birth rates across the nation are down about 1%. Birth rates across the world in the quote-unquote Western nations are down in general, which is part of the backlash of the movements where there's not enough kids to keep the population going, there's not enough kids, younger kids, to pay the Social Security taxes, not enough kids of one ethnicity to, to deal with the number of kids of other ethnicities. So that becomes a really big, complicated issue. But in general, the rates of birth here in the United States are down by 1%. And the rates of births with teenagers, those are people, children, girls, uh, between the ages of 15 and 19 is where they're being taught, where they're basically targeting this thing, are down historic levels. The next group, uh, young women between 20 and 25, also down as well. Not quite as significant, but it's really significant why the numbers are down for teens. And, of course, no one knows exactly why the numbers are down for teens. They just can see the trend, but they can't really pin it on anything in particular. A couple things happened in New York City. First, on Friday, police had to respond to an active shooter situation in the hospital in New York City. Um, a former resident, a former student, essentially in a lab coat, so he looked like a doctor, walked in with a rifle, uh, killed a doctor, and killed, shot other members uh, of the doctor's team or other uh, hospital employees, then killed himself uh, to end that ordeal. Very sad ordeal, crazy ordeal to start the weekend. It got worse beginning of the week for New York City as a police officer was sitting in a patrol car with their partner just waiting for a shift, just waiting for someone else to come over, take over uh, for a watch shift, was shot by a uh, ex-con with crazy intentions from all we can tell, came up, shot at point-blank range, and ran. That person was, of course, uh, not quite apprehended, shot two blocks away. He was, it was, he was, there were police officers everywhere, including the um, her partner, who initially called for backup, and backup came pretty quickly. And two blocks away, he was cornered and shot. Basically, he was shooting at the police officers. They returned fire, and he died in the incident. Also happening for New York, on a bit more of a funny note, is Bobby Bonilla. He is a baseball player who used to play for the Mets like 15, 20 years ago. He stopped playing baseball like 10 years ago. About seven years ago, the Mets started paying him for a back contract. Now, this is where it gets complicated and really, really funny. The Mets owed him about $2.93 million when they cut him from the team. Um, but because the Mets were short on money, 
they had to deal with, deal with something to um, kind of make things work out. But he decided, okay, I'll defer my payments with some interest to start paying a little bit later. Oh, let's say 2011. So if he's so if he's leaving the Mets in the middle 90s and not getting paid till the early 2010s, 2011, that's a lot of interest that's been marked up. You would think turns into uh, about 29 million dollars. So it may have been five million dollars he was owed. So a five million dollar investment turned into a 29 million dollar investment uh, 15 years later. And they're paying him in a yearly installments, which started in 2011. So since 2011, on July 1st, he gets a check for over a million dollars. And he'll continue to get that check until he's in his 70s because he'll pay him until 2035. That was the, that was the, the breakdown to pay him over the span of like 20 years, 15 years from now. So he's definitely got his retirement taken care of by the Mets, and he hasn't played baseball in 15 years and won't play for the Mets ever again. Doesn't even work for the Mets. He's just getting this cash payment every single year. It comes up every July 1st as one of those weird things in sports. Speaking of weird things in sports that are not quite sports, the Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest happened on the 4th of July as normal and Joey Chestnuts gets his test Joey Chestnut Chestnuts Chestnut gets his 10th title in this eating competition. So he's got over over 40 of them in, in the books or something like that. 10th uh, in this one, the mustard belt once again goes to him. The winner in the women's event also repeating for the fourth time as well. So if you call this a, a sport or call it a competition, we call it kind of disgusting, and they ate a lot of hot dogs on that one day. I think I think Chestnut ate the women's uh, ate about 38 or so. Chestnut ate maybe 70 or, or something in 10 minutes. That's something ridiculous. Also in sports, Miami Heat waived Chris Bosh. He officially, he officially ending his career as an NBA basketball player. Fairly certain no one's going to pick him up on his contract. Of course, Bosh has been dealing with an issue with blood clots for the past couple of seasons, which has kept him from playing full seasons for two seasons. Uh, the last doctor's visit called this essentially a career-ending uh, a career-ending disease, career-ending uh, event. Uh, the fact that he, he his body creates uh, clots that may fling off into his bloodstream and literally into his lungs, which could kill him uh, because of that. Transitioning out of real sports, even though hot dog eating isn't real sports, into um, fake movie sports, Ivan Drago will probably come back to the Rocky franchise in Creed Two, the sequel to the extension of the Rocky franchise. Uh, it just makes perfect sense. Uh, the story of Creed is a story of a young man, a boxer, who is the son of a legendary boxer who died in the ring back in Rocky Four, that being Apollo Creed. Uh, so uh, essentially um, the storyline in the movie Creed turned it into a kid who was boxing under uh, his real name uh, because he was a essentially a um, illegitimate child that was taken in by Apollo Creed's widow and raised under all the guys of that with everything except hopefully not going to boxing. He goes to underground boxing. He comes in. He gets a fight with a uh, a champion uh, who's got he's got to get a fight in before he goes to prison, and he almost wins. He almost beats the champ just like Rocky did with Apollo Creed in Rocky One. Of course, uh, as this, as it goes along, Rocky two we beat Apollo Creed. Rocky three we beat Clubber Lang. Rocky four uh, has Cr- uh, Cr- Apollo Creed uh, just battling this Russian guy before he gets about with Rocky against. Essentially, Rocky's kind of ducking him. He kills Creed in the ring, and that opens up the seed for the Creed sequel or the Creed uh, extension, you'd say. 
So the thought process is Stallone is looking for ways to get the Ivan Drago, Ivan Drago, I will crush you character, the big Russian, into the storyline for Creed 2. Creed 2 essentially getting ready to start shooting fairly soon. Will it happen? Probably. Uh, of course, Dolph Lundgren, who played Ivan Drago, doing a lot of stuff with Stallone, so that probably won't be the issue. It's making sure the story works out right and they continue a great story in Creed. Creed was an awesome movie. We'll see how well that goes. Volvo is pulling out of the gas car business. They're doing it by 2019. Volvo will no longer produce a car that is a pure gas guzzler in two years. They will all be hybrids or they will be electric cars. Not to be outdone, the nation of France is going to get out of the sale of gas and diesel power vehicles by 2040. And they are essentially uh, just inspired by Volvo's decision that a few days later, France says they're just going to stop selling them coming up in the next 20 years. Although Volvo says in two years, they'll be done. Now, it'll take somebody 20 years to figure out the technology to keep purely gas guzzling cars off the streets. Uh, But that's plenty of time as the technology is moving towards more of a hybrid model. You may think hybrids and solar power and cell cars and hydrogen cars. There have been all these alternate sorts of fuels that have been tossed around for for years. And the biggest issue is the fact that gasoline is so prevalent. Gasoline may be, you know, a little dirty, but it is so prevalent and it's so big. And you look here in the States uh, where we have the president who is pushing for going backwards in cleaner technology, saying that clean coal is awesome even though coal is always black and always burns smoke. Uh, so we'll see how this works out with the other auto dealers and how quickly they are to step up their game in hybrids. Essentially, everyone that's a major dealer that's not paying, working towards a low-end uh, market is making some sort of hybrid vehicle and some sort of alternative full vehicle. The problem is someone has to basically pick the fuel that's going to happen and stick with it as a standard because if everyone's using their own separate fuels, it gets really weird. So we'll see whether the electric is the thing that prevails, the hybrid prevails, a new fuel comes up. But gasoline burning cars and diesel burning burning cars will no longer be sold in Paris or all of France by 2040. And Volvo's getting out of that market basically right about now, saying in two years they'll be done with gas cars. Now, uh, this is a cool, cool story. Scientists confirm your worst fear about pools. Yes, people are peeing in pools. Kids are peeing in pools. There's lots of pee in pools. By doing some sampling, if you will, uh, they found that specifically in public pools, which is where people are worried about, uh, the concentration of urine uh, throughout the day when people are using the pools is much higher than it ought to be, which means there are people getting in the pool and just not getting out to go to the bathroom, just peeing and moving on. Now, the myth, more or less, that there's chemicals in the pools uh, that kind of make colors when people pee to kind of mask them, there may be some in some places, but that's generally not the case in most cases. Most municipal pools aren't doing some, aren't, aren't pee-shaming people out there. So, But, yes, people are peeing in pools, and so all you people who are worried about it, you do have a reason to worry. We also found something a bit more scientific that makes more more actual sense towards science is that pesticides and the wide use of pesticides is what's essentially killing 
bee colonies around the world. Now, we have, of course, backed off in use of various pesticides all over the place, but the bee population is still dwindling, and we think it's uh, essentially we. The scientists think it's a effect, uh, it's just kind of a compound effect of what was done before. A way to negate it is now being thought of in, in theory, but essentially they, they know the cause of the drop in bee population, and that was essentially pesticides used in the flowers and the plants in the things they're actually pollinating. And, of course, the bees are needed for the pollination because without the bees, we ain't got no plants, but we have to figure out a way to get everything fixed on there. Some business news. Uh, QVC is going to buy out HSN. That is QVC buying out the Home Shopping Network for $2 billion. They're going to combine forces like Voltron Lions and take on the evil Amazon, or at least in their sense, the evil Amazon. The big issue is people aren't watching TV to buy stuff anymore. Infomercials take up time, but they're not quite as effective as they have been. And so HSN and QVC will put a lot of their effort into online commerce, still using some of their scarcity tactics, but getting more people to get the quick online buzz to get their stuff as opposed to watching it for hours and hours on TV. The U.S. Ethics Office, the ZEC director, had resigned this week, stating that he's having an issue with the quote-unquote current situation in the administration. Essentially, he's giving things that are ethics violations or possible ethics violations to the administration and asking them to do something about it because his office has no real legal or power to, to, to punish. The administration is ignoring it, so he's going to a watchdog group which can say what it wants to and put out advertisements and do really big things as opposed to working for the guy and asking to do those things in a nice way. Representative Steve Scalise is going back into the hospital, or has actually went back in the hospital, back into the ICU due to infection concerns. He's not gotten better. In fact, here's a case of him getting worse, uh, dealing with the shooting that happened uh, like three weeks ago uh, at while practicing for the congressional baseball game. Our thoughts and prayers with his family and with him as he works to recover. Obviously not back at work yet, but doing his best to get back into full health. Uh, we'll find out more details on the guy who shot him and all that craziness as things go along. Bill Cosby will get a new trial date. The date is set for November, so everything that was once done will be redone again. Um, of course, this is a case that's 10 years old, so that's where the big craziness from redoing the trial will come from. Number one, this trial, first one, ended in a mistrial. So whether this trial gets a yay or nay, whether Bill Cosby is convicted, and if convicted, he will get jail time. We'll find out if some of the fresher accusations will go to trial as well to essentially pile on to Bill Cosby because if they don't get a guilty verdict and he doesn't get this one uh, taken down, then there's no reason for others to come through. Now, the big interesting thing about this is there's been 40 years of accusations. Now, whether you believe them or not, there's been 40 years of accusations of people and sexual assault and Bill Cosby. So most of those obviously well past any statute of limitations, well past any time to really prosecute. This one actually passed the time to prosecute, and it was actually settled 10 years ago, but reopened with um, essentially a loophole to make make this thing happen. And now we're seeing it happen again. All witnesses who spoke the first time will be told to be available when this thing happens again in November. There was a time frame to get this back on the books. It's on the books. Bill Cosby back on trial in November. So check your local listings for your favorite TV news station because someone will have this one covered. And very quickly, the big iceberg that we've been talking about, the soon-to-be iceberg, the big chunk of ice off of Antarctica that's just the ice shelf that's cracking and cracking that eventually will fall off, 
is still the size of Delaware, and that's just the size of the landmass. It goes down about 700 feet into the water, and once it starts floating, uh, that's where a lot of questions will start to come up on what exactly will happen. Where will it go? How long will it take to uh, come to ice cube size, if you will? What will it really mean for the main continent, the main ice shelf on Antarctica? We don't know. We do care. Climate change does exist, and we will find out how much this thing here will affect a climate change and be your thoughts on ice and, and the melting of polar caps and things like that. Because at some point in time, probably not before the rivers rise to where you are, but you will have to think about and maybe deal with some of these issues with global warming. Some people calling it a full, a full myth. Some people saying it was made up by the Chinese. Some people believing it exists, but not as bad as we think it is and we can fix it. Some people think we're pretty much screwed already. We shall find out, I guess, sooner or later. And that's all the stories that we covered, or at least the big chunk of the stories that weren't in the top ten we covered for the past week. Uh, for this week, that wraps up on the day, July the 8th, 2017. We thank you so much for being in all our business all week long, joining us in on conversations and telling us which ones were more important to talk about uh, based on how things went. Now, you can continue this conversation, their conversations, if you will, and let us know how the big stories should be played and how the little stories should kind of side slide to the side. You do this by following us on social media, TH underscore conversation, us on Twitter. This is the conversations how you find us on Facebook and this is the conversation.com is our main website. We want you to stop by the website because there's plenty of great features on the website all day, every day, including your way to join in on the conversation survey panel. Now, if you want to get paid for surveys, we can do that. If you've ever done paid surveys and gotten frustrated because you've put yourself into the batch and they send you links for surveys you could qualify for, and then you spend five to ten minutes taking surveys to find out you don't qualify for a dollar survey, we don't do that to you. We work with the companies that need your information, and they are allotted us to essentially pick the ones we think are good. So you put in your interest in the survey that you initially do. If your interest aligns with the survey we got going on, your demographic, your place of origin, and all that stuff's great, we'll send you a survey. If you fill out the survey, we'll pay you directly into PayPal, just like that. Uh, like we say, we're probably not going to make you rich anytime soon, but it is nice to know that your opinions do matter, and a couple extra bucks in your account every month can't be a bad thing. So you can do this by going to thisistheconversation.com slash survey panel and let us know how good you want to be in this thing just by saying what 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 entries, what ideas, what types of things you're interested in and we will do the rest it's that simple in the meantime to help us keep this thing going as well make sure you stop by and check out our sponsors and just make sure you're in tune to what we have going on with the website and social media share us with your friends people who are like-minded in conversations people who are really into current events and news topics and want to get their opinions heard and make sure that people are talking about what they want to be talk about uh, make sure you are sharing and liking and giving replies and reviews and ratings to the podcast we have five podcasts every single day monday through friday for daily recaps this one for a weekly recap and of course coming up very soon we'll have the sunday commentary so that's it will be seven days a week we'll be having out our podcast and we want to know how what we're doing what we can improve on and what we should you know probably back away from do that by giving us ratings and reviews and talking to us. And just if you want to just leave it at the website, that's fine as well. Of course, make sure you yourself are subscribed so you don't miss out on next week's podcast. And 
thank you for just being a part of the whole thing we do. This is a great thing that I get a chance to do, talking to each and every one of you through the bits and bytes and pixels of the Internet and computers and talking about great stories around the world. And sometimes, yeah, not so great stories, but funny stories, interesting stories, getting the real scoop of what people are having conversations about, not just what the news is saying is important. Because sometimes the news gets stuck on things that is important to them, may bring some ratings, but aren't the real stories that people need to hear about. And we're glad that we can do our best to share some of those other stories with you as well. If you want to comment on some of those stories, do that as well. In the meantime, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a big part of what we have going on and allowing me to do this podcast and all the work at This Is The Conversation. You can send me direct information or, of course, just see what my other projects that I have going on are at jcoonpain.net. Email me at info at jcoonpain.net and be here next weekend for this podcast all week long for the Daily Recap Podcast. But, of course, next weekend, find out what stories were the top of the top in all of the conversation, the top ten and the also other thans, we're going to forget about that soon, uh, for the weekly wrap-up podcast from This Is Conversation.com. <laughs>